do you get when you mix Jews, Oud, Sudanese soul singers, Muslim comedians, rabbis, and a deep fear of the Christmas season? Today's episode of Shtetl with Al-Sara and Rabbi Zach of the Hebreo-Afro-Arabic band Epichorus and Abdul Butt and Jeff Shuela from Kosher Jokes for the Halala Days. Never a boring moment at Radio Jew Central on CKUT. You can download this or past episodes of Shtetl on the Shortwave from iTunes or at shtetlmontreal.com. Welcome to Shtetl on the Shortwave on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. I'm your host, Tamara Kramer. And the music that we're listening to right now is by a band called Epichorus, and they're going to be coming to Montreal on January 11th at Synagogue Dorche Emme, and uh, I'm going to be speaking with two of the members of the band today. On the second half of the show, it's a whole Jewish-Muslim thing today, and this actually always happens at the end of the year because it's uh, it's Christmas uh, and what are the Jews and Muslims supposed to do at this time of year? So every year for the past couple of years, it's been uh, an excuse for Jewish and Muslim comedians to get together for kosher jokes for the halal days, which is a pretty awesome uh, concept if you ask me. So a whole bunch of comedians are getting together this weekend. It was last night was the first night and tomorrow tonight and tomorrow night at the Comedy Nest in in downtown Montreal. A whole whack load of talented Jewish and Muslim comedians will be um, making fun of uh, of both communities. And we're going to talk with Abdul Butt and Jeff Shuela, who are two of the comedians on the lineup this weekend uh, on the second half of the show. Uh, but first, we're going to be hearing from uh, the oud player and composer uh, and the founding member of um, the Epichorus, a Brooklyn-based band, Rabbi Zach Friedman. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk to him today in New York City by phone. And also, I mean, the band is an ensemble of about eight members, incredible musicians, all of them each in their own right, who've come together to make this uh, this kind of um, North African sounding music, but using Hebrew poetry. It's a big mix, and we're going to find out more about that. And the lead singer of the band is Al Sarah. She has her own band, Al Sarah and the Nubatones, and they're really, really fun. And I spoke to her yesterday at her apartment in, in Brooklyn. And this is our conversation. Take a listen. Al Sarah, welcome to Shtetl on the Shortwave. Thank you so much for having me here, Tamar. How are you doing today? I'm well and well. And you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Getting excited for the whole holiday season, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I I love Christmas lights, so any reason to put them up, I'm down. Oh, really? Okay, so your whole house is decorated up and down with Christmas lights? No, but the lobby of my building is literally covered in enough lights to set the whole neighborhood on fire. (laughs) What what are you going to do for Christmas this year? Uh, I don't know. I'm probably going to go hang out with a couple of friends. There's, um, I call us the group of infidels, a bunch of Muslims and Jews. We're going to go hang out together and do (laughs) non-Christmas. Nice. Um, so I listened to some of your music, Alsara and the Nubatones, and it's amazing. And I'm obviously talking to you today about your collaboration with the Epichorus group. And, uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to start out by asking you, uh, for, for the listeners, how would you describe your own cultural and religious background? Uh, I am a Sudanese immigrant, a Muslim, born and raised, and yeah, I'm Brooklyn resident, I guess. Yeah, I would say I was like Brooklyn, a Sudanese immigrant, and then officially a Brooklyn. Okay, and also you lived in, in Yemen for a little while as well? Yes, I lived in Yemen for a couple of years, yeah. How did you come to sing in this Jewish band? You know, it was so random. It was, um, uh, <laughs> Zach 
actually found me online and sent me a message. He'd stumbled on one of my videos on YouTube. He'd been searching for, he'd been obsessed with Nubian music and Sunni's music and Hamza Dean specifically, and he's been a huge influence on Zach's uh, road playing. So he was searching for a singer to join his group that would would have that color to her voice. So we, he just stumbled on me online, and then we decided to have a meeting over coffee for 20 minutes just to chat. Because I had some hesitations about working with a clergy person, to be very honest. Um, what were your hesitations? And, uh, well, I don't particularly do well with uh, with with overly religious individuals. Okay. Uh, so I was just concerned, and usually, what my experience usually when I meet with clergy people is that they tend to be so focused on rules that they miss the big picture of things. Um, but Zach was just a complete opposite. Uh, what's, what's supposed to be like a 20-minute meeting turned into like a two-and-a-half-hour, you know, coffee chat session where we talked about everything from the concept of shame to the concept of love and where religion starts and where it ends and the idea of disciplinary behavior versus ecstatic behavior. It was beautiful. Hmm. So we just had a very much a, a, a meeting of the minds, an artistic meeting of the minds, and I decided to join. He wanted me to come in and join in the group, and then slowly became more and more involved in the project. I saw in an interview uh, that, that you have a clip on, on the Epicorus website that your grandmother played a bit of a role. Yeah, she did. So I had a lot of hesitations, to be very honest, about working with a Jewish rabbi singing religious music, because I, um, I would consider myself anti-Zionist uh, in the sense of, I do not support, yeah, they do not support the state of Israel's current regime. Um, so for me, it was very much like I had hesitations about it, but what I really, what my grandmother had pointed out was the fact that we had lost so much culturally over the last 80 years. You know, we forgot that um, that Judaism is a part of uh, of our cultural heritage as people living in North and East Africa. Um, and it's a part of how we grew up, and there has been Jews there since the beginning of time, and it was really important for me to then be able to distinguish between how I feel about Judaism and how I feel about Zionism. So for me, this was a big deal for to do this project, um, and it was a big deal to take that step. And my grandmother, who was a very religious woman, was actually the one to help me move towards that step. What exactly did she say to help you move in that direction? Um, I think Grandma reminded me what I've, of what I've always known and what I think Zach and has touched on with the music he's making and what his goal is, which is the idea that we totally forgot that that most Jews aren't actually white. Most of them are from North Africa and East Africa and the Middle East, and Judaism is a part of our culture, and it's something to be celebrated, not necessarily to be shunned. And I wanted to do this work on the project because I wanted for myself specifically to be able to really be able to celebrate in the greater message of it. Okay. You know, a message more about love and more about more about commonality. So I'm curious to know, because I think a lot of people might not know, like, what are some of the similarities that you found between uh, Muslim spiritual music or and Jewish spiritual music or between the two religions, what are some of the links that you found? Um, I would say a lot of the song, the lyrics we choose are from the Songs of Songs, which is basically a giant love poem between the Prophet Suleiman and the Queen of Sheba. That story and that love poetry is something I grew up with in the Islamic culture. It's a part of my religion as well. Um, it is a story I'm familiar with as well. I'm very, very familiar with. And so... I don't know. The, the commonality became really about the color of the tone and, and about the kind of music. And then we started delving into Zach spent a couple of months over the last year and a half uh, going back and forth between Tel Aviv and New York and really spending a lot of time in a bunch of Syrian synagogues and exploring the music there and seeing how similar, uh, how there, a lot of it is actually Arabic because it's a lot of the, the music is still about the culture of the people, mm-hmm. you know? Even if the if the lyrics change, whatever the context is, music is usually a reflection of your actual cultural essence, where you come from. And so he found all these commonalities as well, and that's what he was trying to bring forward in the project. And when and as we kept singing it, it fit more and it made more sense. And the more I sing with it, I, it's, I mean, even my my accent in Hebrew is better than his. <laughs> You is, know what I mean? Is that it just true? It's one of those things, like the commonality. Like we were, I was exploring a lot of 
all the roots of some of the lyrics, you know, and like I would listen to some old Aramaic recitations going into Hebrew, going into Arabic, and if you're not focused, you can't really tell the difference. Huh. Interesting. Um, it is. And so to me, it became like, okay, this has become now my mission. I was like... So what have you learned about Judaism or about Jewish music, Jewish religion that you found uh, appealing or enticing in some in some way? Um, appealing or enticing in some way? I guess like even for me, like this, when I look at the clips um, and I see the people that you're playing with, it's a very, it's a very eclectic mix of people in Epicurus, including some rabbis mm-hmm. and spiritual leaders and some people who are Israelis who are secular. Uh, it's a mm-hmm. whole mix of Jewishness. And so I'm assuming probably even anybody would learn a lot from hanging out with this group. Um, and especially yeah. if, if that, like if Jewishness is infusing a lot of the music, I just wonder uh, if there's anything that like stands out that kind of inspired you from, from what you've, what you've picked up from being in this, in the Epicorus. Honestly, the thing that I found most inspiring about being in the Epicorus is just, is the space to create respectful dialogue between us. Cause we all have very different opinions about where we stand on the subject, you know? Uh-huh. So, the the thing that I love the most about having having the, the the safety of music is that it 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 actually creates a safe space for conversing and for dialogue. When you make music with people, you create an intimacy that's really hard to break. Uh-huh. Um, it, it it helped me in that sense. I wouldn't say I was necessarily attracted to any religious connotation of it. Um, I'm not particularly religious. Okay. I guess like for me, even when I think about like Judaism or I I don't always think about religion and, Mm. um, and I, I guess like even I would probably, when I speak with, uh, with Zach, I would ask him also like, what, what is it about like Islamic culture that he finds interesting or inspiring? Because obviously he does because he's been studying the music from, um, from, uh, from that culture. And so I'm assuming that there's something about it that he finds interesting or inspiring. And I I think that's a Jewish thing is not seeing different religions as religious, but more as cultural. But see, that's the issue. What's the Um, issue? Okay. That, that's the thing here is that Zach's, I think Zach's fascination with, with the music, because a lot of this music that he's studying and a lot of the Arabic music is not made by Muslims. It's made by Christians as well as Muslims as well as, it's not in, in any, it's not one religion. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't, I wouldn't actually say that Zach's fascination is, it's not Muslim specific to be very honest. Okay. I don't think it is. And that's where I think the commonality lays in is that there is commonality in culture. Even if the religions are different, what have been your musical influences? My musical influences? Yeah, for your music, for for because you also have your own your own group, Alsara and the Nubatones, and yeah. it sounds like you have a long history of studying music. I'm just curious to know what it, what what are some of your influences? Oh, I mean, honestly, I've, I would say I've traveled a lot growing up, so it's like. My and I collected music from a very young age. I was, I was, I was into. First, I was just interested in in the shapes of tapes when I was really small. So I would just keep stacks of broken tapes around me. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, since I was like four or three, I started collecting. So I, I don't know. I would say my musical influences were really diverse. Like I grew up in a, in a household. My parents love music and love art, and my mom's always loved music from different places. I grew up listening to Fairuz, uh, as well as listening to Kabli from Sudan, you know, Fairuz is from Lebanon. I've also, I grew up listening to also Joan Baez from, like, the States. My mom was also a huge fan of Indian music, so I grew up listening to tons of Indian music. And uh, I kind of started getting into North African and Rhine music after that, and I've always had a thing for folk and traditional music. And then when I moved to the States around 16, I was, I got really obsessed with the concept of folk style singing and where like the voice, how certain vo- vocal traditions are similar to others. And so I got really fascinated by East European music and connected it over to East African music and how the techniques were really similar. Between East European music and, and African music? Yeah, if you look at the, it's just the vocal technique. The vocal projection technique is actually really similar in the traditional vocaling styles. Huh, interesting. Um, yeah. 
just out of curiosity, just because it's always fun to talk about New York and Brooklyn, what is it like there musically? Because it is such a, a melange of people from all over the world. It's like kind of an immigrant town. And there's. Yep. do you feel like there's a lot of cross-cultural boundaries being broken in music in, in Brooklyn and in New York? Um, yes and no. I don't know if it's intentional, but the way the music scene works in New York is that it's just made up of everybody doing every kind of music, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, unintentionally, boundaries are constantly being broken because all of a sudden, you know, you, you walk into a jam session and it's, oh, we're going to play some Arabic music today, but, you know, the bass player is, is Israeli and the road player is actually from Minnesota and the drummer is from Egypt and the kanun player is from Lebanon. You know, like, it, so it's just not inherently because of this mixing of people. Uh-huh. Boundaries are broken all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if I would say it's a conscious thing where like people are like, let's get together in a band and make peace. <laughs> but it just happens, I think. And, and, and the, the nature of music making, if you're a musician, especially like a live music performer, is that you can't be too exclusive if you're not living at home, you know? Uh-huh. It's, it's a na- music is a naturally open thing. If you're going to be exclusive, you stop making music with other people. Would you see music as a very important way of bringing people together in that sense? Like, do you think like maybe they should be jamming more in the Middle East peace process or something? <laughs> Could help. Well, the Middle East peace process, I don't know. It's more complicated <laughs> than just music can resolve. And I feel like the the start of music for me, like doing it this way, is to at least break down the racial boundary first. Because I feel like a lot of it has to do with a feeling of... of other coming into a space that's not theirs and then claiming that space is theirs. This is the, the core of a lot of the conflict, right? So I would say that music's role in this is that it's to bring up the sonic memory that we have of where we come from musically. Like when the music rings true with you, it's because there's something in you that connects to it. Why do you connect to it? How? And then from there, let's take the step of language that you connect to it. Where do you think you're really from or your people are really from? And why do you feel the connection to this? This is the, the power of music. It opens the doorways for dialogue okay. and, and a true dialogue because dialogue needs to have things be equal, you know, for, for a true dialogue to happen. Okay. Um, on a scale from one to ten, how much do you like the Jews? Just joking. <laughs> I, I, I have to throw in a really stupid question, um, but if you want to answer. Uh, so I'm curious to know, have you gotten any flack from other people or friends about being part of this group, this particular group, the Epicorus? Um, well, not from friends. Uh, I, my friends are very supportive and very knowledgeable people. Um, I've gotten some warnings, but uh, I'm, pre- I'm very mentally prepared for flack <laughs> as soon as it comes out. Uh, as soon as like the project really hits in a more major way, I think as soon as we start performing it more and more, I will hear more about it. I've heard a couple of things on my fan page randomly of people being like, oh, my God, you're working with the Jews. And being like, oh, my God, your grandma's Jewish. I think I misheard. I thought you said, oh, my God, you're working with the gays? <laughs> I didn't the Jews. I've had people tell me I'm working with the gays, too. But I'm like, hey, that's fine. That's another story. I do work with gays. <laughs> that's another situation, though. Um, <laughs> okay. So- but, there, no, I've had, like, one or two people on leave comments on my fan page being sh- more, there were more stunned comments than anything. Oh, my God, you're working with rabbis and you're working with Jews. And I'm like, yes, I am. And let's take it from there. <laughs> Okay. But so how do you prepare yourself? Like you're not afraid or worried how this might affect the rest of your career? Mm, I am. I would say I am worried. Or, uh, and, and I think about it. I think about it. It's, it's very much something that could affect the rest of my career. But I've also always aspired to and will always aspire to, to make art that's not based on fear. Um, I don't want to make work because I'm afraid or not make work because I'm afraid. I will do work because I want to do it mm-hmm. and because I believe in it. And then we take it from there and trust in the universe. Amazing. Alsara, thanks so much for coming on to Shtetl on the shortwave. I think that Montreal is in for a super big treat when you guys come and, uh, and play here in January. And I think uh, there's going to be a lot of people out at the show to hear you. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much for having me and thank you for opening the conversation.
So that was the very charming Alsara, who is going to be playing with Epichorus this January 11th in Montreal. And I'm going to play one of their songs from their album, One Bead. And I'm going to get Rabbi Zach Friedman on the phone to talk with him. He's the oud player and the composer. And we'll be back on Shtetl on the Shortwave in just a minute. Solomon, and you're listening to Shtetl on the Shortwave on CKUT 90.3 FM. back on Shtetl on the Shortwave. Uh, Jess, uh, Solomon, and Iman are two of the comedians that are going to be uh, on the lineup at Kosher Jokes for the Halalidays. And uh, I don't know, I figured since we've been having so much uh, Muslim and Jewish music, you know, I, I didn't want to leave the Christians out. So I thought a little bit of Christmas music as well. And uh, we are now live with Zach, Rabbi Zach Fredman from New York City, uh, oud player and composer for the band Epicorus. We're going to be coming to Montreal this January. Zach, welcome to Shtetl on the Shortwave. I am so happy to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. And the music is beautiful. Um, I am very much looking forward to seeing you guys live when you come play. It's. Uh, do you want to mention just the names of all the people that are in the band? Because it's a pretty impressive ensemble. Um, it's a wild bunch. Uh, we have Rich Stein, who's a fantastic percussionist. Hadar Neuberg uh, is a master jazz flautist. Daniel Ori is playing the bass. Megan Gould will be on violin. Uh, she's a master Arabic player. Uh, Alsara, of course, will be on vocals. Myself on Udin vocals. And uh, at the last minute, we're bringing along another friend, Shir Yaakov, uh, who... Um, 
is a talented composer and singer and has been the music director at Romamu, a synagogue that's been kind of booming in New York over the last couple of years. Okay, and what does what does the word epichorus mean? Why is that? Why did you name the band that? Uh, Sheer, my friend who I just mentioned, actually had named the band. We were playing some of his music years and years ago, and um, it comes out of uh, the Talmud, where uh, it's used to refer to heretics or outsiders, epicorsim, the. You know, so it's this kind of sect of people that uh, the rabbis of the Talmud are always weary of, you know, if they're you know, going to screw up the prayers or if they're going to do this wrong or if they're, you know, holding beliefs that are outside of normativity. And for me and, you know, for a lot of us in the group, Alfara included and Sheer, um, it gave a sense of identity to, you know, we wanted to be those on the outside who were going to be pushing the edges, you know, in different ways, musically, uh, religiously, politically. So how do you push the edges musically, religiously, and politically? Well, we started doing Arabic music in the synagogue, which if you go to an Ashkenazi synagogue, that's definitely going to run up against an edge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of my intentions was to move us beyond, like I, I saw two poles. I saw kind of Karl Bach as a model for for Jewish music and Debbie Friedman and and neither kind of met my needs. I, I didn't feel that they were tapping into a depth. Like, they both kind of moved from a folk tradition, of folk with a guitar that began to feel very light to me, particularly having spent a lot of time, you know, deep inside of old, old folk traditions. What I mean by that is, you know, old, old Arabic music, old Indian traditional music. Once you've kind of spent time in these traditional musics that are carrying lineages in in the same way that the wisdom traditions carry, you know, old, old wisdom, the stuff of the modern day begins to feel very light. And so what I wanted to do was kind of mine the depths of those old folk traditions and figure out how they could be brought uh, into our prayer services to deepen that experience. Okay, so Epicorus is like a band that will be performing at concert halls and and doing shows, but it's also a group that performs at your synagogue, at the New Shul? Yeah, I'm the rabbi of the New Shul in Manhattan, uh, the synagogue in the West Village, and um, the Epicorus kind of takes on, you know, we do a lot of different projects, and wherever I'm kind of making music, we put this group together to to do that. So it it really is in different forms. On a Friday night, you'll find us at my synagogue in the West Village. We've got a weekly uh, video blog now that each week we put out a video that combines some of our music with some poetry from a fantastic poet friend of mine, Rabbi James Stone Goodman. And the Epicorse kind of does that project, but our singers aren't there. So the band kind of takes on different shapes and sizes uh, according to the venue. Okay, and would you tell us a little bit about like one of the songs? Uh, I just played Na'ana Al-Jenina. I don't know what that means. Would you Would you want to talk about that song? Sure, sure. Na'ana is um, is mint. Like if you go, you know, and you want some some lemon mint, you'll say I'll have a limo Na'ana. Uh, Na'ana Al-Jenina says the mint garden, and it's about two lovers who are entering the mint garden and are gonna that's gonna be the, the space of their love making. And uh, I had heard this song, you know, as we were gathering this music, getting ready to record an album and I was always I've always been drawn to Sudanese, Nubian, North African, East African music. And this tune comes out of, you know, one of those old folk traditions like I was speaking of. And it also has um, some connections to Sufism, you know, the Islamic mysticism. And the music I was writing in Hebrew was very much connected to Song of Songs. I think there are three songs on the record that um, they're either verses from Song of Songs or they refer to the Song of Songs. And this felt like a parallel song in the Muslim Sufi tradition and in Alfara and I felt the resonances immediately, and I said, let's do this tune, and she said, oh, it's a really interesting tune. The chorus stays the same, but because it's been so popular for so, so long, each generation wrote its own verses to the song. So there's thousands of verses to this song. She said, 
I'll have to pick out the ones that are right. I said, you know, you go pick and pick whichever you want. And so she went and gathered verses, you know, from all different places, and we put this tune together. So Epicorus uh, sings in both Arabic and in Hebrew? Arabic, Hebrew, and there's even like a little gospel track on the last uh, track of the record, like a folk gospel kind of thing that I sang in English, though we haven't been doing that one live. And uh, talking to Alsara, I got the impression, I mean, she said it very clearly, that there might be some risk involved for her uh, personally or for her musical career playing uh, in a band uh, where all the members are Jewish and there are rabbis in the band and there's all kinds of opinions on different things. Do you feel that for yourself or for other Jewish members in the band, there's any risk of having her? play or having like having a Muslim musician playing with you guys depending on like whether it's at the synagogue or in different shows that you're doing I'm not sure uh, you know my um, I, I don't uh, I'm not kind of concerned about the people who are going to be offended by what I'm doing you know the, the I'm making this music for the people that are going to be drawn to it and the people that are going to be offended I don't think are, are too much of a concern for me I understand where she's coming from um, because it's really it's a different it's a different setting, you know. She's um, working in world music. She travels all over. Uh, she travels Africa. She travels um, Europe, and it's a different thing. Um, at the same time, it's been an interesting place of tension. I, I think the most interesting pieces that what we're um, what we're bonded on is the senses that. We both get what's going on here, is that we've created a musical partnership where we're creating some amazing music. The politics is secondary, but us, as Epicorsing, as heretics, let's figure out how to use kind of the bond we've created to enlighten others on paths musically, politically, religiously. Mm-hmm. It's funny. Which, because- which, which is necessary, you know, to, to be able to give... It's one thing, like, I've always been bothered by political discourse for itself that doesn't go anywhere. But when you're talking political discourse connected to a musical experience, it's very different for me. You know, we've shared anyone who I'm going to disagree over or get in a fight with whatever about. I'm not really a big fighter to begin with. But there was a shared musical experience first, and then there's a political conversation. And that feels very different to me than, um, you know, most of uh, the discourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because uh, when you have a relationship with somebody, it's uh, it's a lot harder to just like walk away. Whereas when you are when you're connected with somebody, whether it's through music, I guess, or through right. for other reasons, you can have a debate or a discussion and still love the person, still respect them, and not want to like absolutely. Yeah, so it's a great example, I think, and a really difficult, important one at this time. And I think it's amazing that the band is called Epicorus. And I thought it was kind of funny that uh, that Alsara in our interview just like just mentioned the word infidels. Like, ooh, she was saying that at Christmas, you know, she's going to hang out with some Muslims and Jews. They call themselves the infidels and do do something together. Um, and I, I think. I don't know if it's gotten to the point. Would you say that it's gotten to the point where, like, Muslim-Jewish dialogue and, and Arabs and Jews hanging out and doing things together, you know, warrants... It's kind of like you're a heretic at this point, if you're willing or able or wanting to do that. I'm not sure. Um, I'll tell you a story uh, that's telling, you know, because uh, it's hard for me to, to have a sense of perspective. I'm, I've been in New York about 10 years now, and I began studying the Oud in New York with two teachers, um, Bassam and Najib, one of whom is Lebanese and one of whom is Palestinian. And I'm so connected to the scene of Arab musicians in New York that I spend a lot of my time there. And to me, it's not so much of a thing. And I forget that people who don't, you know, spend their time in more mixed settings, it really is, you know, a thing. Mm-hmm. So we did an event at my synagogue where we were filming for this weekly blog series, and I invited my teacher, Najib, who's a Palestinian musician, and we put on a concert. And he invited a bunch of people. So it was probably half Arab, half Jewish. And the synagogue was like, you know, they, they're always looking to, you know, expand, you know, who we're reaching and, and who we're creating events for, and then we got into a room that was really wide, and I think there was, you know, some discomfort in the room that I hadn't quite anticipated. 
Najib, um, who's very funny and outspoken, made a joke saying, you know, he was asking for requests at the end of the night, and he said, I don't want any of the, uh, don't let, I don't want any of the Arabs to talk. I want the Goyim to talk. Nice. The Jews are the goyim, you know, the goyim of the Arabic music. And it was very funny. And to approach everything like that with a little bit of, you know, a sense of humor and lightness around that there's so much. I mean, that's one of the pieces that I want to bring to people with this music is saying, look, if you're a part of Jewish communities that are only Ashkenazi, you need to know that Arab is half of what is Jewish. Half of the Jews of the world have been Arab. We've grown in Arab lands. Our music is Arab music. You know, so this thing that you feel so distant from, half of who you are. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a big thing. It is a big thing. Yeah. And it's a great message. Zach, Rabbi Zach Fredman of the Nushol in uh, the village in New York City and uh, the composer and oud player for Epicorus. Thank you so much for coming on to Stadel on the Shortwave. And My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. And also, I hope you'll come back again and talk to us another time. I would love it. Okay. Just let me know. Okay, great. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy Hanukkah. You too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye. All right, so we just talked uh, with two musicians who are working together, Muslims and Jews, to uh, to create just great art and also to create an example of what can happen when, when two different groups come together. And now we are going to change things up and go in a whole different direction, kind of. We're going to still be talking with Muslims and Jews, but we're going to go uh, in the direction of comedy. So I'm going to take a little break, play you a teaser for the upcoming episode of uh, Shtetl's Trip to Berlin, and then we'll be back with Jeff Shuela and Abdul Butt from kosher jokes for the halala days there'll be a hot time in the town of berlin when the this fall shtetl landed in a historic european city and the sound that you hear and what you're seeing tonight not hammers and sickles, but hammers and chisels as young people take down this wall bit by bit. I wish you could swing. Ich bin ein But we were searching for something different. The sounds of Jewish Berlin today. Globetrotting journalist Stephen Blum waxes eloquent about what it's like to first settle in the hippest city in the world. I can't believe I'm living here. Oh my god. Like, what did I do? I should go home. My mom would be so much happier if I came home. Like, but why, why did I come here, like, with my family's history? I have to be masochistic to be putting myself to this. It just seemed crazy. Coming this winter, Shtetl, Berlin. There'll Stay be a hot time in the town of Berlin when the Yanks... Hot young Jewish girl, I want to read your Torah, Young Jewish girl, light my menorah. Young Jewish girl, I wanna introduce my Moses to your burning bush. Hi, young Jewish girl, it won't cost a dollar. Circumcise me, hi, young Jewish girl. If I can part your red, see, hi, young Jewish girl. I wanna put one in your oven with my couch fits. May not be a doctor, but I'll eat you out real sweet. Me and hi, young Jewish girl, injecting meat. I've got some bacon.
swear that song's gonna get me fired. Shortwave, shtetl on the shortwave. Yeah, you know shortwave? No. Shortwave radio? No. Like you can listen to it in the desert and you pick up. Ah, yeah? You know, like people did it many, many years ago when they didn't have radio. Nice. They would listen to shortwave. Nice. Uh, All right, um, let's try it. Shtetl from... Shtetl. Shtetl. On the shortwave. Shtetl on the shortwave. I have it written down. No, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah, okay. I'm Ravi Kahalani from Yemen Blues. You are listening to Shtetter on the short wave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Shtetl. 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 Okay, again. I'm Ravi Kahalani from Yemen Blues, and you are listening to Shmu again. <laughs> Shtetl? Yeah, it's Yiddish. Shtetl. 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 I'm Ravika Halani from Yemen Blues and you are listening to Shtetter on the short wave. Okay, I'm Tamara Kramer and you're listening to Shtetter on the short wave. And... Uh, so this is our last episode of the year, and we've got with us live in the studio, Jeff Shuela from Kosher Jokes for the Halalidays, and on the phone from Shadagay, we've got Abdul Butt. Uh, welcome to both of you to Shtetl on the Shortwave. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. I, uh, I don't know if I'm talking over Abdul. Abdul, you there, brother? Uh, I can hear you. It kind of sounds like you're talking away from the mic, though. You're like, it's, it's right, an Abdul, echoey. Abdul and I were, uh, were recovering from uh, drinks at McGibbons last night. We had, were a little... There you go. I don't know if we're hungover, but... Uh... There you go. Hey, how's it going, <laughs> buddy? How's it going? Can, uh, I can't hear Abdul very well. Is there any way to... Uh... Can you hear him now? We're... Talk, talk, can brother. Can you hear me? Is this yeah, well, okay. We'll improvise. I, 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 like, I like the public access. Is this public access rate? Is like we're, we're testing the mic on air. <laughs> I feel like, like you're whispering uh, in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> from, you're whispering in my ear from Shadigay, and I have no, uh, like, there's a lot of snow in the way. Nothing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> this is a blizzard. Uh, that's weird. Um, yeah, what's going on? How's it over there? How's Montreal, everyone? Montreal is pretty good. It's very snowy and beautiful right now. And we just got off of listening to a crazy song by Jake Freakin Smith. Did you hear it? Hot Young Jewish Girl? Oh, yeah, I think I heard a little bit. I've heard the song before. Yeah, yeah, Jake's awesome. He's a funny guy. That's, uh, I, I, didn't, I just caught the tail end of it, though. I don't know. I heard someone rehearsing something. Was that part of the show or was that were we not on air at that time? I don't know. We're we're not we're rehearsing right now. We're not even on air okay. right now. This is all just like one big trial. Okay. I hope Jake's right. parents have haven't heard that song. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of fits with the theme, right? Kosher jokes for the holidays, and I guess we should get to that because that's what's happening this weekend in Montreal. Jews and Muslims getting together to like ward off the fear of Christmas or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, this is the last show of the of the semester. Everyone's yeah. leaving town. Um, there are less and less things to do for Jewish and Muslim people right now. This is um, really Christmas time, and uh, this show is the fourth year we've been doing it. So we want to bring Jews and Muslims together and laugh under the same roof. And uh, there are two shows left tonight and tomorrow night at the Comedy Nest. Okay. I think it's just I think it's just that we we want more attention. Like we're so used to having the attention all year round, and then now Christmas time <laughs> we lose it and. <laughs> Jeff and Iman came up with this brilliant idea to like keep the focus on Jews and Muslims, <laughs> exactly. even through the holidays. <laughs> even when it's not our time. <laughs> yeah, That's we're hilarious. just like, we, we continue to need to be in the media. We just, we can't take that two-week break. <laughs> That's hilarious. Over the holidays. <laughs> I love it. Um, Abdul, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's happening? What the hell is so funny about like being Jewish or being Muslim? Like, what are you going to make fun of? Isn't this pretty taboo stuff? Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's not really taboo. I think there's well, I mean, there's a lot going on. I think everything's based in Quebec right now. I mean, it's there's so much going on with the religions in Quebec that I mean, there's not even there's no need to really poke fun at the Jewish or Muslim faith. I think everyone's just poking fun at the Charter of Values and Pauline Marois. I think that's all it is. I mean, there's not really, uh, we're so blessed this year that we don't really need to take that chance and try and make fun of uh, 
cultural things as much as we could just make fun of what's happening here. It's true. I mean, if there's any comedian, it's Pauline Marois. I mean, she's hilarious. Yeah. She should have her own HBO special next year. <laughs> did you? Did anybody think of inviting her to be in the lineup for Kosher Jokes uh, for the Holidays? I would love to invite her onto the show. I don't know. She should have been hosting. That would have been great. <laughs> she hosted. <laughs> MC Pauline Marois. That would have been awesome. She could have. We could have got her a DJ to bring it up on or something yeah. like. Well, the comedy nest isn't French. It's not a French enough word, so she was probably looking into that, trying to change the name. <laughs> le nest. Le nid du comédie. <laughs> le nid, le nid. <laughs> well, I heard that there was a rumor that Arcade Fire has to, has to change their name in Quebec to Le Jeu de Feu. No. No, okay, I made that up. <laughs> it's coming, it's coming, for sure. No way. No, 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 no. Well, so, like, what are some of the comedians, aside from the charter, because not every single comedian, and plus some of the comedians are not, they're not all from Quebec, are they? Um, no, actually, we have our headliners from Los Angeles. He's a fantastic comedian, uh, Toby Marishanu, uh, who's written for, he writes for Bill Maher, Real Time with Bill Maher. Uh, we have Jess Solomon and Iman, who, uh, who've been here before, Abdul, and um, our host. It's the first time we've been, Iman and I have been producing this show for four years. It's the first time we have a Gentile on the show, a non-Jew or non-Muslim performer. He's our host, David Acker. He's a hilarious dude. But this weekend, uh, we're calling him David Akbar <laughs> okay. or David Ackerman. Okay, okay, okay. So, so i.e., like if the headliner's from Los Angeles, he's not going to be talking about the charter. So what, what are some of the things, like what's some of the subject matter that comes up in people's comedy and kosher jokes for the holidays? Well, I would say that um, a, good, a good 30, 35% is, is based on religion. And then I'd say mo- the rest is based on, you know, what, what, what's going on in our lives, you know, relationships and uh, things that happen. Um, you know, big things, little, little, little things like, you know, I do a joke about why all uh, back medication is always on the lowest shelf at the pharmacy. It's impossible <laughs> to reach. Just things like that, you know what I mean? And uh, we try and keep it, keep it light. But, uh, you know, we, do, we, do, we will touch on the religion. Everyone, everyone will touch on it a little bit and, uh, you know, try and get personal. Mm-hmm. Jeff has a lot of complaints of a seventy-five-year-old man. Yeah, his, I, uh, yeah. Like- <laughs> I do have the Jewish traits. Like I, I noticed that, like, if you're ta- if it's one Jewish guy talking to another Jewish guy, the beginning of the conversation <laughs> will definitely they'll be asking each other how their backs are. <laughs> That's the first part right there. I wish somebody would ask me how my back is right now. It kills. You okay? No, it hurts. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, uh, and what about like on the Muslim side of things? Are all the, like, okay, are all the comedians on the Muslim divide, the halal days part of the kosher jokes, <laughs> are they all Muslim? Or are some of them Arabs? Like, because Jeff... You're kind of an Arab, even though you're I Jewish, am. right? I am. I have a, I have a mixed background. Uh, my mother is Jewish-Canadian. My father is from Egypt. And all his, he and his parents speak Arabic. And, and now my grandfather only speaks Arabic. He refuses to speak in English and French, so I have no idea what he's saying. <laughs> Are you serious? Is yeah. that like a protest against the yeah. charter? <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, you know, there are, you know, we have the, I have, I guess the mix, but Iman's Palestinian. Uh, Abdul, are you full Muslim? Both parents? Uh, I'm full Muslim. Full-blown Muslim. Are you full on? Full on, yeah. You're not, you're not frying bacon back there. I hear something go in the kitchen. No. Um... Uh, no, my um, I'm I am full Muslim, but my dad I'm not Arab. My dad's from Pakistan, and my mom's from Portugal. But uh, she had converted, so I guess. Uh, and before I was born, so I am full Muslim. I wasn't born with any, but I have half, like half of my family is is uh, is Catholic. So yeah, that's a uh, it's I I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not like huge on the whole ethnic thing. Like I, I I got jokes, but I'm not I'm not like a huge ethnic comic. I don't. Uh, I think there's just the differences uh, and the stuff that you see. A lot of a lot of my jokes, I guess, are probably just seeing it from outside of uh, not being a part of uh, you know like being a Muslim. I guess in a way because you're seeing it from a different perspective as opposed to like Christmas um, inside the the household with the tree and all that. I got no tree here. The other day, the other day I went to, I don't know if I should be saying this, it was really a very beautiful, touching, amazing event. I was an être cher at my niece's, uh, um, like, kindergarten class, and just invited to celebrate people in their lives that they really like at the end of the year. And I walked in there and I literally felt like I had walked 
inside a Christmas present. <laughs> it was like Christmas trees and and garnish everywhere and candy canes. The whole every song was about Santa and and it's a public <laughs> school. And I actually thought it was funny. Just, but I was kind of in shock. Like I wasn't expecting this, and as a Jewish person, I think I had kind of shielded myself a little bit from the Christmasness did, of did things. Did you have Christmas growing up? No. No Christmas. No. So, did you feel like you um, were missing out at all? I mean, it's a lonely day that one day a little bit, but yeah. not really, no. not so much. <laughs> did you? I I think it's awesome. I think it's amazing because we all get like time off work and school yeah. and we don't even celebrate it. And then we we also take our holidays off just to rub it into all the Catholic kids. And we're like, ah, <laughs> we're going to take we're going to take like I, I remember like even in high school, like I would I would go to like Friday prayer just because I'd get half of Friday off. Not really because I was religious. <laughs> That's hilarious. But I was like, I'd, I'd take off early on Friday and just check out school. And, and yeah, and, and everyone was upset that they had to stay in for the last. So That's we get our perks and advantages, I think. A beautiful way of working the uh, reasonable accommodation angle, Abdul. Very That's nice. a very honorable you gotta, confession. You got to work, work the system. Work the system. <laughs> That's awesome. That's you awesome. Gotta, you guys, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? I you know. We're, work we're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> Abdul cracks me up. Like, his laugh makes me laugh. Like, we'll just sit in the corner and laugh together like a bunch of, like a bunch of idiots. It's fun. I, uh, <laughs> I don't have any more questions. Can you guys just, like, do you guys have anything else you wanted to say to each other? Any, like, business you wanted to clear up before the show tonight? Or? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, uh can I talk? We, uh, can I just mention where they can get tickets? Absolutely, of course. Okay, well, it's at the Comedy <laughs> Nest. I sh we should talk about the show. Um, you're going uh, if you want to come into uh, the AMC Forum. You'll see a lot of uh, break dancers at the uh, spinning on their heads, and that's you're, then you'll know you're in the right building. And, you uh, are in the right place. Right? Don't be alarmed yet. Yeah. What yeah. else? It's, what else can you, do you like about the com about the AMC Forum? The AMC Forum is yeah. crazy. It's a ridiculous. I, like, I like it that it's uh, it's easily accessible. It's it is great. There's at Water parking Metro. In the basement, six dollar parking for anyone who drives at Water Metro. Uh, it's it's very it's very nice. There's a McDonald's across the street <laughs> in case you're hungry before the show. You're working the system, bro. McDonald's. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to like throw in as much as I can. I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, not, that's that food's not kosher at all. Exactly. <laughs> it's not. You can get the fish burger. It's kosher. <laughs> You know, you I prefer for Wendy's. The, I'll take Wendy's. I won't they, go to McDonald's, but uh, they don't have the kosher option at Wendy's, though. You go for the BAO fish they at don't. McDonald's. This is this is a like... <laughs> this is a comedian. I, this is a comedian Morgan O'Shea last week told me he took the metro to go to Wendy's. Like he had to change <laughs> lines because change like the transition lines <laughs> in the metro because he. And his destination was Wendy's. Why? <laughs> because he just was dying for Wendy's. That's ridiculous. That's I don't. Is, I don't approve is, of fast food. We don't talk. We don't talk about fast food on Shtetl. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> Shtetl. Story, story, Shtetl. No, but in in fact, it's actually like a few minutes to eleven o'clock, and okay. we've got another show coming on. Okay. But Jeff and Abdul, you guys are amazing. I love kosher jokes for the halal days, and uh, hopefully, I'll be going tonight, especially if I get on the guest for list. Sure. You are on the guest Woo! list. I just want to let everyone know uh, if they want to get tickets, 932-NEST. Yeah. Nine, nine, and uh, if you don't understand 932-NEST, it's 932-6378, 8 o'clock uh, tonight <laughs> and tomorrow night at the uh, Comedy Nest. And Abdul and I will be there, and tomorrow will be there tonight. How much are the tickets? Yeah. For you, Tamara? No, for anybody. Uh, for uh, anybody, uh, $15. $15, okay. yeah, yeah. Across the board. It's very worth it. Absolutely worth it's, it. It's really Definitely a fun is. show. And if even if you're not... If you're listening to this and you're not of the Jewish or Muslim faith, it's uh, we really encourage to come because it's just a, a great sight. Like it's a hilarious sight to see the groups together and laughing together, and it's really something. So uh, if you're doing nothing today, and I don't think you are, because it looks like it's still snowing outside. So uh, come on out, guys. It's gonna be a lot of fun, and uh, it's a good 90-minute show. You'll uh, you won't regret it. Awesome. Thanks, Abdul, for coming on from Shadagay. Thank you very much for having me. And Jeff, also thank you so much for coming into the studio. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's good times. Thanks, Abdul. See you later. Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Thanks, man. It was good talking. <laughs> okay, take care, Abdul. Bye. <laughs> Bye.
So that takes us to the very end of Shtetl on the Shortwave, the last show of the year. We had a great year. We covered so much. You can check it all out at shtetlmontreal.com and uh, check out Epicorus when they come into town in January and Kosher Jokes for the Halalidays tonight and tomorrow night at the Comedy Nest. And uh, coming up in January, we are going to finally be playing all the material that we collected when we went to Berlin uh, Shtetl went on a little road trip to Berlin this fall, and we were checking out what's happening in Jewish arts and culture in that city. So come back uh, in the new year for a lot of really amazing content. And we're going to go out, seeing as we're on the whole Muslim-Jewish theme, we're going to go out with a song by the Ture Reichel Collective, Iden Reichel and Vyfarka Ture, that uh, made an album together. And, uh, and it's a beautiful album, so check them out. And uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Mm-hmm.